Hollow Cult, we all know that the internet is not a safe place, especially when you're in our line of work. We're constantly looking up nefarious conspiracies, putting out FOIA requests, looking into dropped FBI files. That's why we here in the Hollow Layer trust our ISP to express VPN. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when we're at home, we never go online without using ExpressVPN. That's right. We don't need any more of our information floating around out there. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't be seen with any of the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting it 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption out there. ExpressVPN is also available on all of your devices, phones, computers, tablets, even your smart TVs. So there's no excuse as to why you should not be using something like this when it comes to protecting yourself and protecting your data. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash hollow one, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash H-O-L-O-1, expressvpn.com slash hollow one to learn more. Just like that, we are back. Happy Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Correct. This is true. Hope everybody had a good holiday week. Was Thanksgiving last Thursday? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. Thanksgiving. Ate a bunch of food. All those that celebrated. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It feels like Friday. If you hear something in the background, it's the robot vacuum. Sounds like it's eating through the floor (laughs) of my kitchen. So 
That's awesome. It's not a demon or a ghost. It's the AI takeover. So I got that going for us. Um, Yeah. For those tuning in on the podcast, this is our uh, live show. If it's not as organized as the other show, that's why. You can catch that every Monday. And you can catch our listener experience show every Thursday. That's right. What do we got going on? I'm trying to think of uh, any weirdness we had going on. That's true, JJ. Time means nothing. It's just a human construct. Facts. I listened to the David Grush on Rogan. That was interesting. I still haven't listened to that. It was interesting, to say the least. He basically declares that we're not alone. And that they've been in communication with several different entities. But it was a very, very interesting interview. Like I was talking about with you a little bit. This dude, he now, you know, note, he does say that he's high-functioning autistic. So that puts you in a different realm. Because I was kind of confused there for a little bit. Because this dude was just rattling shit off. Crazy. So much information coming out of his mouth. Name dropping. Talking from quantum physics to overt ops and you know, in the Afghan war and just tons of information coming out of him. And I'm like, how in the hell is he spitting all this out without being, you know, possibly prepared or, you know, is he just that ridiculous? Because that takes a lot of time to learn those things. To suck all that information in on top of being a part of the war, which you know sucked up a ton of time. But uh, it made me, it, it definitely gave me Collins Elite vibes without question. I've been wanting to listen to it, but I don't know. I just got to kind of be in the mood. To listen to Joe's show. Usually it's uh, a lot of information. Yeah. A lot of thinking on the ones that I want to tune into. There's definitely a lot of information that got pumped out. So I haven't quite got myself in the mindset yet. But um, yeah, there was a part where he's like, could you like dumb that down? And he was talking, Joe was talking or asking him to dumb down like. Uh, what a fifth dimensional entity would observe in like three or what we how we would not be able to perceive a fifth dimensional entity and he totally did not dumb it down he just started explaining it and joe's like oh i've seen i was like that's not dumbing it down at all i've seen some youtube videos on that and it it is kind of difficult to to comprehend once it gets well out there but I think I will listen to it. I watched the hearings um, on and off. Granted, I was at work when they were going on. I tried to tune in. Uh, 
yeah, it's it was decent, man. It's it's decent, but like I said, I, I got very Colin Elite, Collins Elite vibes. It all pretty much information he had already put out there, and he's probably pretty much opened the gates on anything he could talk about for the most part, yeah, because there's not a whole lot, uh, because he's only allowed to speak so much, um. I, I would agree, Virgil. He probably is a psyop. Only because that information, ha- like he even admits, it has to be vetted. Yeah. You have to okay it before it gets put out there. Unless the only thing that would logically make sense around that is that there is a an actual narrative to full disclosure, which he claims is going to be by 2030. Is that that's when it's just a slow trickle until 2030. I've heard that too. Like, But I mean, that was straight out of Collins Elite as well. There would be a, a several year plan of soft disclosure to acclimate everybody to what this is. Damn, is this the 50th night shift? I'm pretty sure. I wasn't even paying attention, but I labeled it that. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. If it wasn't, it is yep, now. It is. Uh, yeah, I'm pos- like it acts on so many different levels. A, he only has the information that's privy to him, right? Oh yeah. So that's going to be a funneled source in itself, and then he can only talk about the information that gets greenlit for him to talk about. Exactly. So that's funneled again. Yeah. And like we talked about before, bottom line, if he was out here spewing off stuff that anybody with any power didn't want him talking about. He, he wouldn't be around, wouldn't period. Be around anymore. Yeah, he would be gone. So I'll, I'll probably listen to it. Like I said, I got to be in the right mindset for Joe, and it depends on his, uh, his guests. A lot of times they'll suck me in, but it, I want to like sit there and consume it all in one, like big chunk. Yeah, but my work drives are fifty minutes, so like I'll just be in the middle of something, I have to go into work, and it yeah. Just, that's kind of how it is for me during my day. I mean, I do get a little bit more road time than that, but that's how I have to consume it. It's just in chunks. Yeah. Which sometimes is kind of nice because like you said, all that information at one time is overwhelming. So it is kind of nice to take a break and then come back to it. I'll get hyper fixated like into the conversation, especially if it's something like grandma Hancock's on there. And I love all that ancient history and shit like that. So I'll be like, super fixated and then i'll have to be like oh well now i have to go to work and it just ruins pretty much my whole life so <laughs> uh not to switch gears we'll we'll roll back around this but i want to do this before it gets too late because i know we have a junior holocult member turning in tuning in tonight we here the Hollow sky podcast would like to wish our Buddy AJ, a happy 10th birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, big dog. So if you're still up and still listening, happy birthday, my friend. Hope yeah. it's awesome. That's close to my birthday. Stay weird, little man. Never stop asking questions. That's right. We appreciate you and your old man for hanging out with us all the time. Very much. My birthday was Saturday. Yeah, close. So you, close. you got a pretty close one to me. Must be the uh, season of the weirdos. That's right. (laughs) Right near the end of November. 
What else? Yeah. I hate that I didn't listen to it because now I can't really talk on it a whole lot. But it's interesting, man, because he alludes to, you know, finding bodies. He alludes to um, cases documented before 1933. But 33 was, for whatever reason, the farthest back he was permitted to talk about. Um, There was just so much information. He was just going hard, dude. And then he would... He did explain, like, some of the non-human intelligence lingo. Like, that's just a way that they want to word it. That way the government can't lock things behind. You know, oh, this, is, this isn't considered extraterrestrial. It's this over here. And so they word it specifically to try to grab more information, apparently. But it's all... Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You've we've read different cases where they lock that stuff behind, like oh yeah, nuclear national security and all, yeah, all of that. I did read. I once that came out, like Twitter was a buzz with it, um, and I saw a bunch of disclosure timeline. Like they are leaking it in chunks, but the I guess the biggest like. I don't know realization that they're supposed to release is in 2027. Like that's supposed to be the one that's going to set the public off. So that's why they're kind of priming us. And I saw people also like tearing the interview apart, calling him a liar about the biological entities. Somebody were talking about like the amount of crafts that were recovered and that they're changing between different whistleblowers and all this other stuff. I'm like, people are privy to different information. You know? Well, even if even if them craft have no biological bodies inside them, they're still fucking coming from somewhere. Yeah. Which is still weird. Yeah. You know, it's it's especially if it's not from this planet or plane of existence. Still kind of complicates things. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. And it's just I don't know. People are just chomping at the bit to discredit any piece of information that comes out. It's like that's all it else. ever is. Yeah, it's like everything else in the world of the unexplained. Yeah, I mean, we get beat up all the time for believing. Yeah, but that's what I like to do. I like to believe, unless I logically find holes in your story, then I'm, and maybe I don't believe, but I try to believe. Man, the chat is popping off. Uh, it everybody. Make sure to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. That way you don't miss it. Cliff, what's up from Fort Worth? I was just down there at the end uh, or the middle of October. Went to the stockyard and checked it out. Was hanging out with my kiddos, watching some football. Uh, It was cool. First time I've been to Fort Worth. It's pretty rad. Yeah, I don't know. other than that, I don't have a whole lot of oddities. No more, no more at home experiences since last week, which you can kind of go either way with that, good and bad. I haven't really had anything weird happen either. I saw some videos pop up, but they were quickly debunked. There was a Sasquatch video. Um, I forget where it's from, but. It showed it like 
knocking trees over and throwing trees and it was weird it was like there was, was this, that a crime scene yeah yeah i saw that video they debunked that one fast uh i don't know when you have something like uh grush's interview it pretty much takes center stage yeah it eclipses everything else yeah and that's that's the only thing everybody's talking about <clears throat> For a hot minute, did have a lot of feedback on the faceless entities. That was that was decent. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. There was there was one suggestion that I got that kind of kind of fucked with my head a little bit. They they are under the the belief that those entities, whatever they are, are actually. I don't know that I'm 100% sold, but it's fucking fun to think about that those are like the builders of the matrix, so to speak. I, those are the ones that kind of like manipulate the the surround your surroundings and kind of make sure everything's running smooth. And so I'm like, man, that's kind of that's really creepy to think about. It is. I, uh, it's like that. I don't know. It was, a, it was an adaptation of a Stephen King novel, and I can't remember what it was. Maybe the Tommyknockers or Langoliers, something. I can't remember. But anyway, like as they pass forward in time, there's these entities that eat the past, right? Or if you get out of your timeline and you're left behind, essentially, they devour you. So I was kind of thinking that maybe these things are what constructs the present and the future as we're moving forward, kind of in the same matrixy realm. There. Yeah, the only the only problem I have with that is the, and once again with the, even the suggestion that I got, like the the cases where they're they're hanging out like watching the car, like that's what throws me for the loop. Like them, like the like how much some of them are trying to blend in. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I think I'm going to try to put an episode together uh, for this weekend to dive into the backdrop people uh, and kind of circle it back around because the basic concept of what Dolores Cannon was trying to put out there from what I've researched is that these are basically, in her theory, entities that we have made up in our brain to, like, fill space. You know, like, they're supposed to be here. Not necessarily the ones that are the faceless, but just the idea of the backdrop people in two two separate uh, factions here. But I'm wondering, now that we got to talking about that, like, whether or not they bleed over. Like, maybe it's not just, like, a figment of our created reality. Maybe these things do have agendas. And um, maybe they're not great. <laughs> I could see that. I mean, some of the some of the encounters that we presented seemed slightly nefarious. Some of them were almost just like they were there. Yeah, and then some were, you know, odd. They were kind of weirded out that they were able to be seen, which is just I don't know. And I liked JJ her take on it that these might be higher frequency beings, um, you know, trying to adjust 
And then I I think that I think it falls in line with what Grush was saying about higher vibration entities visiting us as well. And I thought it was kind of weird the timing of all of it, you know, listen to that episode and him talking to the the higher vibrations and the higher frequencies and how it's harder for them to to visit us because we're at a lower frequency than they are. And you hear about it all. You hear a lot of people talk about that, about the frequencies. And, and it's just, it's, it's super bizarre. How a lot of it just kind of it like fits together, but it's hard to really get your brain to digest the puzzle pieces when it comes to that. Because you hear people reference, you know, low frequency entities and then higher ones and or vibration or whatever, however you want to word that there, but very, very it's like it's almost like you and Rogan. Like I have to be in the mindset to start consuming that type of information. Yeah. That's weird that you mentioned that, JJ. I don't know if you saw last week. It was, I think it was actually the night of the night shift. Someone set, uh, I don't know if someone set it on fire, but it was on fire. Tesla's lab. I can't remember where it was, but I saw it all over Twitter. That it was burning. It was burning a lot. That's not good. So it makes you wonder uh, how much that set us back. Uh, If that thing was a total loss. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, fire damage Nikola Tesla's last remaining laboratory that crowdfunders raised over a million dollars to save. It is not in good shape. That sucks. Yeah. <sighs> Serious fire broke out at the Tesla Science Center in Wardenclyffe. Just months after a groundbreaking ceremony for a $20 million restoration project, a fire broke out at the Tesla Science Center in Wardenclyffe. November 21st, the fire broke out and over 100 firefighters arrived to try to contain the blaze. Um, Apparently, it was not a total loss. uh, But a lot of the rather... A lot of the renovations that went into it uh, were pretty well damaged. But apparently, Tesla built the original part of the building almost completely fireproof. (laughs) It's kind of ironic. (laughs) It's like, dude was prepping. But yeah, it is weird that it was brought up and then we were talking about it almost at the exact same time. It's been a it's been a weird year. Yeah. Lots of I mean there's uh, there's some other oddities that I just you can't wrap your brain around. You can't really speak on it on the live show, but very just I don't know, weird circumstances. Yeah, I was gonna actually talk about that last live show. Uh, but we got sidetracked. Yeah, 2024 is definitely going to be wild. It's going to be 
it's going to probably be insane. It makes you wonder if it's going to be like positive or negative. Probably shit. You know what I mean? Probably shit. Because you think we're kind of on like, the last couple of years have been kind of on like a downward spiral. You think eventually we're going to kind of spike back up. But I mean, there, there, there are, there's subtle evidence that show that we might jump back up. But I don't know that I have that much faith in humanity at this point. Yeah. You know, it's I'll just like 2024. Hell Camino. That's what's up. That's what's up. 2024 equals shit, but definitely going to try to stay positive. That's what we need to do. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my... I don't know what you'd call it, but that's, that's me to a T. I am... I am the person that always assumes the worst, always prepares for the worst. But boy, <laughs> oh boy, does that make me ever more excited and appreciative whenever it goes positive. Because at that point, if I'm negative about it and it turns out negative, I go, see, I told you. But if it goes positive, then you're just super excited. You're like, yes, yeah, worked out. This is awesome. I couldn't be more excited because there's nothing worse than being super excited and then getting let down. And then just having everything ripped out from underneath you. I hate that. I hate that feeling so much. I think apathy's pretty much consumed me. I'm just like, whatever, man. Let it roll. <laughs> it's whatever. Nothing I can do to change it, so just send it. Man, I don't know, man. I don't know. Mentally, mentally, we need Steve attitude. I really don't. I used to be, you can ask Kyle, I used to be hella negative. Oh, yeah. Like, and that was so exhausting. I'm like, man, I don't even care enough to do that. Too tired I, to do that, man. I don't know. I I get excited about things, but I try to shove it down. Where I'm like, I'm not excited, even though I'm super excited. I just go, I'm not excited because <laughs> I just I don't like to be let down, man. And that's my problem. Like it's it's all my fault because I expect out of the world what I put into it, and it's never even remotely close. That's where you go wrong. First, oh yeah, oh hundred (laughs) percent every time, every time, (laughs) because it never comes full circle. Twenty twenty four is gonna hit me like Eos guy in a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Probably correct. (laughs) I don't know. But I, I'm going to try. I try my best to, to just be happy as much as I can. It's hard, but yeah, I try. The simple things in life are usually what makes me the happiest. I don't even know if I go that far. I just stop wasting my time on being negative because it doesn't do anything for anyone, especially myself. Well, yeah, that's true. So I'm just like, man, 
whatever. Either it's going to be good or it's going to be whatever. It's going to happen one way or the other. So psh, send it. Send it. Uh, my little brother's in here. Can confirm Steve negativity. Kind of rough pretty, decade. It's pretty a epic wild. sometimes. A little wild. You guys caught the tail end of this the last couple years. Brought her back around. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it can get pretty out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we put a cap on it. Brought her back down. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad that I didn't have any more negative experiences at the house. Or, there, or weird dreams, at least. Because, you know, that shit was really negative. But I'm glad that there wasn't any more nonsense dreams. Dreams are fucking weird, man. That's the understatement of the decade. It's so They're so fucking weird. Absolutely bizarre at times. I don't really like to dream very much. I don't hardly ever remember mine. That's why that... Uh... When all the Bledsoe shit was going on, that one stuck out like so vividly because right, I either I don't dream or I do not remember them because that's typically how I am. Exceptionally rare for me to have a dream that I remember. Right, that's typically how I am, and I think that you're probably right. That's probably why there are specific ones that just stay with you because you don't remember very many. Or you don't, or you just have lack thereof dreams. Like that one with my grandma or my grandpa and Ernie was just fucking bizarre. It is weird. Super bizarre. I don't know. I felt, oddly enough, I felt really fucking good this week, which is weird. Definitely take it. (laughs) Oh, dude, I'm not complaining at all. At all. But I have felt. Oddly good for the most part. I mean, I was a little sore from working. That's how I spent my birthday was working on my fucking car. <laughs> and it took all day long. But. Yeah, so I was a little sore from that. But other than that, I felt pretty good. And to Novell, my car is still not fixed. Hell yeah. Running like extra shit today. Solid. Solid. I thought I thought I had fixed it because it started running it ran shitty and then it started running good for the past three, couple of days. I'm like, oh man, I think I fixed it. And then today it just goes, hey, watch this. <laughs> and just ran like utter shit. So I just got to try to make it a couple more months so I can pay my wife's car off and then maybe be able to get me a decent used car. Because new ones, out of this world. Not happening Super. at all, ever. These interest rates, we got to get this shit down, boys and girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because this is looking pretty bleak for the hollow crew and rides. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can combine the hollow Paula and the Jeep. It it could work. We can make it work. I think so. We'll, We'll have Dylan Frankenstein us up something. Hell yeah. What's up, Bigfoot Society? There's another fall birthday there. Noise. Noise. So, chat. What about you? What about you all? Heard anything weird? Any weirdness going on? 
What is Dylan doing? Mine has 250,000 miles on it, bro. I had a Ford Fusion in 2006, and it had 320-something thousand miles on it when I wrecked it. <laughs> so it probably would have kept going. My car has almost 200 on it, but I somehow have a random misfire, and I don't know what's doing it. So I've been replacing everything. My uh, my car after the Fusion, the Avenger, it had 260,000 on it when I totaled it. You can see a pattern in my vehicles here. Wait, it's a 3.7. 2007. I've replaced everything. Fucking everything except for taking the heads off. Not really trying to do if I don't have to, but I might have to. I'll have my dad help me probably. If he's down, but he is retired, so I don't blame him there. <laughs> but yeah. I guess we could open the lines. It's kind of a slower informational evening. Yeah. I did say Avenger with 260, and I drove through a deer at like about 80 miles an hour. That's awesome. Luckily, luckily, my airbag didn't go off either. It, yeah, I smashed it. It flipped my hood up into my windshield. So. Yes. And after I realized what happened, I just saw just darkness. I'm like, oh shit, am I dead? I'm like, that didn't hurt near as much as I anticipated it. Then I realized I was still driving. So I'm like, oh. Yeah. Damn. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because I know this is not paranormal at all, but we're going down this road. <laughs> uh, me and one of my best friends, he jumps in here every once in a while, Josh. Uh, oh, we got a phone call. Hang on, let's go. I'll continue the story, but it's funny. <laughs> hey, welcome to the night shift. What's going on? Yo, so, so um, one time, um, um, me and my cousin, um, were having a sleepover, and uh, she had claimed to say. See um a uh a like shadow figure in the kitchen, and then uh, like then like a few more days later, um the, I I saw a shadow figure that was creeping like through the window in like, in the same house. Yes, in the exact same house. Creepy. That's terrifying. Creepy. And and the and what I think would be the creepiest part, um, is that like the figure like like dashed away so human like that like like it looked like it actually just got scared to even be seen. Oh, that is weird. That is weird. We had a stick figure episode where when people would see. 
these basically like how you would draw a stick man people were seeing these and whenever they would notice people looking at them they would try to hide basically kind of being scared that people were seeing them oh i've actually seen act like um like kind of games of like a stick figure entity yeah they're they're pretty creepy yeah I don't. I don't think that I would fare too well seeing a stick person running down the road. No. But um. But like, like um, like I never got to see what my cousin saw. But um, like when we were talking to each other about it, um, like when she said one of the sentences. Now we were glitching up pretty bad, but when she said one of the like one of the sentences about the creature, it just went like, like it didn't go all science silence. It just went. Like it just like just went that high pitch, and I couldn't hear hardly. Like I couldn't hear anything. Oh, that's weird too. Almost like they didn't want you to talking about it. Didn't want you making yeah, a connection. Yeah. You know what I actually said to her? I actually said maybe the figure doesn't want us talking about it. That's what I think. Maybe we should talk about something else. It's running interference. Possible. Running interference. And, but before I even talked to her about it. I actually um do like pictures of how how the story actually went, like um, how when she claimed it, I I I did the story. That's awesome. You need to start keeping like like a journal of the things that you see, and if you remember enough to draw pictures with them, you need to do that. It's important to keep all of these experiences gathered so they don't get lost with time. That's right. Like, like, um, now, like, I think, I think we started seeing this figure after, um, we just got a few haunted dolls. We started seeing this figure. And also, I, I, I think it wasn't actually that long ago. Uh, at that time, my, my cat had died. Goodness. But, before before she actually told me what the figure looked like, I was like, maybe it's just Frenji. Because I thought she meant by, like, it looked like a dog. No, it looked like a person. Then the weird thing was is that um, we, like, tried to record the kitchen with one of my cameras. Then we um, did a, uh, like, then we tried to look at it. And uh, we didn't get, like, a glitch out to where I didn't want to sing it. Um, we actually just saw it facing the wall, and I could have swore swore I um I had been pointing it at the kitchen. Oh, that's weird too. Uh, when you did, you feel afraid. You or your cousin feel afraid when you saw it? Did it give off like a like a bad, scary vibe, or was it just kind of there? Well, I never got to see it, but like I, I like just hit on the monkey. And then my cousin came oh, over and sat next to me because she was also frightened. Yeah, I would be in the same boat. Yeah. Been there, done that. Solid move, yeah. But yeah, uh, if anything else happens, it could there could be a whole gamut of things. Like you said, with the with the dolls coming in, it could have possibly been some sort of attachment to that. And with the loss of the pet, it could be some kind of entity just kind of focusing on like uh, any kind of sadness that was in the house. Yeah, but like um my my pet had its own thing like like 
one time it did a funny thing and literally just had some like a very soft object just hit my head. I was like, <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> I like it. I like it. So That's like awesome. my like my like my pet is kind of nice to me. Like it doesn't really scare anyone. Like it just acts like a literal normal cat. Well, that's a positive. That is good. Nobody likes a mean cat. Yeah, like he was kind of just obnoxious, but like he'd scratch the couch. He'd scratch the like couch with his claws. <laughs> just doing cat stuff. Yeah, he he didn't like jump up on our picnic table. <laughs> Hollow cult summer is here, so you know what that means. Paranormal investigations and cryptid hunts abound. But before you do that, you're going to need some good clothing. So we're excited to announce another month partnering with Tecovis. I feel like at this point, it's it's mandatory to have amazing clothes while you're out cryptid chasing or ghost hunting. Because with Tecovis, every boot you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. And nothing says... Like you're there for business, like walking in in a pair of snakeskin boots. And with it being summer, like Steve said, they also have some sweet short sleeve moisture wickening pearl snaps that are definitely going to put you on the next level. And if you need to carry some stuff, like all your, your ghost hunting gear, you can use their ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags that are always going to get you where you need to be. And to keep cool, they also have men's and women's straw hats. So you're definitely going to want to check them out. That's perfect for keeping the sun off your head and getting getting sunburn up there. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova stores, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop all the latest styles. I personally am waiting for the cryptid lineup, where I can get me a pair of, like, Loveland Frogman skin boots, maybe some Loch Ness oh, Monster. Oh, yeah. Imagine that Loch Ness boot. Smooth. Smooth. But until then, you can visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Well, I appreciate each time you call in and share with us. But I'm serious. If you If you think about it, whenever you have a weird experience... If you think about it, write it down or draw it and start keeping a journal because it's very important to get all of these things together, get them on paper and keep them. Because as you get older, sometimes you forget these things that happen. Life gets in the way and your your brain gets foggy when you get older. Yeah. You just can't remember a lot of the interesting things that happen to you when you're younger. So definitely. Like, like we, we always do that. Like, like we a lot of times do it like like sometimes we just like do do like words of how that this happened like don't actually like show how this would have happened and and that works too if it's if it's just something enough to kind of spark your memory that's all you really need then you'll remember it and you can pass it on or if someone else say years down the road are, are living in your house say you moved moved out and someone else has moved in and they're having experiences then you can kind of if you're still in contact with them kind of talk them through it you know i had all of this this happened to me as well and it's important to kind of connect with people 
over these things. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I'm like, can we just move out of the house and never come back? <laughs> but that's also, a... I always have second thoughts because that's literally where my cat is in our side yard. So, like, I would always have like second thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that would be a, that would be a first thought of mine as well at times. <laughs> yeah, like even even um. Even, like, the cat did the opposite thing that we wanted it to do. Like, we told it to, like, make an alarm go off on the bear, and it literally just meowed. <laughs> just doing cat stuff. Yep. Just doing cat stuff. Well, thank you for calling in and sharing tonight. We appreciate it. Very much. Thank you. Have a good night, buddy. Have a good night, buddy. Yeah. All right. That's, That's the awesome. future. That's the, that is the future of paranormal investigation. I hope so. Right I there. really hope so. Mark my words. He sounds like he's definitely, he's all in. He's, he, yeah. Future. Yeah. Seeing. Seeing shadow entities roam around your house wouldn't be that comforting of a feeling. No. I'm, I'm 39. Whenever I see the same one that I see all the time, I'm still like, mm. I don't know about you. you I keep, don't know about you. As long as you keep in your, in your zone. Yeah. Stay in your lane. We're good. You know, you're almost, you almost see it and anticipate that, <clears throat> that change. You could have had my back when the nine foot faceless one was looking through the door. Uh, facts. I didn't see you there. So I ran and hit. Uh, I mean, I can't knock him for that. Well, no. <clears throat> there was a nine foot entity peeking through the door. I would run too. Yeah, running, running around my house like a dork. I almost chose a different word, but I have to realize we've got young ears. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not always the best at that. No, we're getting better though. We're way better than when we started. Oh, I agree. Oh, hardly. But I do. It's it's interesting. Got another phone call. Let's roll. Let's rock it and roll it. Hey, welcome to the night shift. What's going on? Yo. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm hanging out at my job, doing my thing. I'm gonna call in and tell you. Tell you about uh, my co-host experience last week with uh, the Sierra sounds. Now, so I'm doing my thing. I get a message. I look at it, and she's all, "Hey, have you watched um, the Missing 411, the hunt, the Hunted?" I'm like, "Yeah, a long time ago." And she was like, "Well," she said. Um, well, here's the mark. It was like an hour and 15 in. She's like, I've heard these sounds out in the woods. When I was working out there a long time ago, I guess she was doing some kind of research with owls or something like that. But she was said she was listening to that and she got goosebumps. She got nauseated. The whole fear factor kicked back in and she was, she, 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 she was like, what do you think? And I'm like, Dude, I told you. I told you these things might be, these things are real. They're out there. And 
you had an experience, you shoved it deep down inside because you didn't want to believe. And then when you heard it again, it all came back to the surface. And she's like, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know how many stories I've heard of people saying, no, I didn't see that or I didn't hear that. And then somebody plays something like the Sierra sounds and people just start losing their, losing it. It's fascinating to watch, but yeah, she's got some killer stories from all around this area. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to bring her on the show. Well, we'd love to bring you guys on the show and just shoot, you know, just talk around the campfire and have some fun. So oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. We're going to try to do that a little bit more in 2024. Uh, we've got a lot of people wanting us to come on and we're going to try to carve out some time to make that like another priority to kind of get out there and get to talking with people. We're going to, Kyle has a surgery next week and after he gets to feeling better, we're probably going to start booking some times. Cool. Uh, that's cool. Let me know. It's an open invitation. That's you're in, in Idaho, right? Yep. Was, is she, is that where she heard too in Idaho, Idaho? Huh? Was that where she heard the sounds too in Idaho? Uh, no, she heard those out in uh, uh, that where Ron Moorhead was out in that oh. area, out in California. Oh, but she's got she's got stories from Skinwalker Ranch. She's got stories from the a couple of mines out here. It's I yeah, you. she's got stories, bro. I so yeah. That's even that's even wilder, man. The fact that it's geographically accurate to the original, the original recordings. If anybody hasn't listened to those, look them up. Sierra sounds. Some people call them the samurai chatter. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> well, and if 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 during her experience she started to become nauseated and stuff, they say that Bigfoot has the ability with the infrasound. Yeah, to fuck with you like that. I yeah, uh, I don't know why that happened i just consider it that she she goes she had that experience she goes i don't know what this is it's super it, you know it's scary whatever and she followed it up shoved it deep down and then heard heard it again and that's when it all came back out it's that it's that fear response and that's that's what i think it is is that she just I mean, you're out in the middle of the woods shooting like an owl and something hoots back, except it's 800 pounds. It's not a good idea to curl up into a ball and start crying. No, you get the hell out of there. Yeah, it's, it's that feeling of not being the top of the food chain anymore. Oh, yeah, and the further back you get in the woods, the, the more you know you're a prey item. Which is terrifying. not comforting at all. <laughs> so... All right, fellas, I'm going to let you go. I got to get back at it. All right, brother, much love. Have a good night, man. All right, bye. Oh, see, I thought, I figured it was in the Pacific Northwest, but I thought it was in Idaho. The fact that it's right out. I think Moorhead's encounter was California. Sierra, so yeah, whatever. Wherever it was. Uh, It's weird. It is weird. It had some strange validity to it. I I mean, regardless, I mean, I've listened to those before and they sound funky as hell, but if I was out in the woods in the middle of the night researching fucking owls of all things and I start hearing that chatter, I'm out of there. Yeah. Bro, that's going to scare the shit out of me. Yeah. 
even if, even if it's a bunch of crazies trying to prank me, that's still going to be scary. That's weird. Like, not to change the subject, but I'm reading the chat, but everybody's having internet connection issues. Really? Yeah, that's strange. It is weird. Every internet pause for 10 to 15 minutes for no reason. Yes. No. Yes. That's strange. That is weird. Laptop constantly refreshing to keep up with TV. I don't know. Uh, my internet's running pretty solid. Yeah, mine too. The Sierra sounds were recorded above Fresno, California. That's what I thought. I just didn't want to like lock John, it into an John, area. And you're trying off. to sell his sell his company. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not if you go to G Tech. That's true. I did upgrade to G Tech, and it is bussing, bussing. As Far superior. Say. Yeah, that that's the dude right there that uh, we had the funny experience with. That I was going to tell you about, but uh, hmm. we had we got a caller, but. We did the classic, I believe it was done in Tommy Boy. We went to the gas station. Josh meant to, or he was going to get oil to put in the car. He popped the hood, goes inside to get it, comes back. They didn't have any. We get in the car, don't think nothing of it because it's like three o'clock in the morning. And we go drive down the highway and just like in the movie, man. That hood just slams up, bam, right into the window as we're going down the highway. Dude, it was hilarious. We were just rolling laughing. <laughs> All right, we got another caller. Let's go. Hey, welcome to the night shift. What's going on? Yo. Did y'all hear me fine? Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm trying to keep y'all. I got, uh, I got a funny one. Let's do it. Right on. All right. We're up in the uh, injunction of the at deer camp. All right, sitting in the sleeping down at it's you know, you go down a cliff, you know, down the ravine, get down to the, the deer shed, it's an old sheep shed that you know turned into a little cabin, and we're sleeping, and my bed happened to be couple of feet from the door that you went in from and I started hearing footprints and you know all around the cabin on the roof around the walls and I turn over in my sleeping bag look at my phone 3 36 in the morning I was like god damn it's the witching hour we're in the middle of nowhere it's like oh it's over good god and i look over to the door and i see like the door open a little bit and just light from the outside the light on the outside of the door you see like light come in and shut and light come in and shut i pulled my sleeping bag over my head and turned the other way and just went back to sleep i was not even gonna have it holy shit i'm not even gonna have it tonight hey solid move Solid move. I'm not gonna have it tonight. <laughs> I mean, in in my research, that's the best defense. Absolutely. So far. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> shit. I'm just, I pulled my sleeve back over my head and turned the other way. And it was like, I'm just I don't give a shit. But if they come in the door, they come in the door. Oh, oh yeah, I don't care. Dude, that 
that sucks. <laughs> but it is fucking hilarious that you just yeah, did the solid, yeah, solid like yeah, oh, I'm just, I'm just gonna cover up. I'm fucking done with it tonight. It's not happening, boys. Uh, yeah, my my brother drove me out there because he bought he bought like bought into the lease to go deer hunting out there, and it, you know drove me out there. And I was like, all right, we'll go. You know, uh, even getting down there, going down the ravine, I had a spotlight out the out the side window, you know, trying to shine down the roads just so we could get down to the cabin. We get down there and sleep at like, yeah, three thirty, six in the morning. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, could it be any other time? Yeah. Right. Come on. <laughs> Nothing good happens between three and four in the morning. No. <laughs> no, it, that, that that was the whole thing. And I just pulled my sleeping bag over my head. I was like, no. Fucking I, I just solid. I'm done. I love it. I, I mean, I, I think anymore. I think it's just the move. I think if you ever have a scary paranormal experience, you just put a blanket over your head. You got two defenses. That, that's it. That, that's, that was it. That's <laughs> you call on all you, I had was a sleeping bag. Two defenses. You call on the name of Jesus or you pull the blanket over your head. They both, I mean, exactly. both three strong plans. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Oh, man. Oh, dude, my brain. Would I love be it. Oh, yeah, that. that was my kind of funny story. It wasn't super creepy. It's just a bunch of raccoons, but I fucking yeah, love I, it, dude. I, yeah, I just pulled the sleeping bag over. I said, "I'm not dealing with this. I don't even know what it is." Oh, that's perfect. I want to know. It's absolutely perfect. A second caller tonight to do that. Not to mention, I've done it plenty of times when there's oh, been yeah. weird shit going on. I'm like, you know what? I'm done for the night. Done. This ain't happening. Uh, Fuck that. I'm the same one. I think I called in with the. I had that wolf man that was staring through my window. Oh right on! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like I just turn my back to the no. Just sleep with my back to a window. I don't care. You know, just (laughs) turn around. Can't mess with me now. Ignorance is bliss. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Well, y'all have a great night. I feel it. You too, brother. Stay safe and stay weird out there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all have a good one. You too, buddy. Bye. Bye. Oh, dude, I fucking love it. That's just the OG. It's the ultimate power move. Can you imagine being like like a top tier cryptid or interdimensional being and you're like, all right, it's it's 3.36 in the damn morning. It's time to go. You open up somebody's door. And you're looking at them, and they're just like, nah, hell with this. And they just roll over, and you're like, what? Like, like as a human, I'm weirded out by that. Like, if I just broke into your, your house and kicked your door in, and you just roll over, and you like, look, nah, and you're man. like, no, not tonight. And you just roll <laughs> over and go back to bed. That dude's going through some stuff. What do you do? I'm not trying right. to interfere with what he's got going on. Yeah, so. I'm just going to leave now. We'll try this again later. And that's weird. Everybody's popping off about 3.33. I can remember when I was younger and, oh, man, I would consistently wake up at 3.33. Yeah. Like there would be night after night after night that I would wake up at that time. And it would scare the fuck out of me. But, we're supposed to be like, what else yeah. did I read? Like Mocking of the Holy Trinity? Yeah, and- yeah. That's what I've always attributed as is the Mocking of the Holy Trinity. But... Oh, who knows? 
I was young. Um, I didn't have as much knowledge of the paranormal as I do now. See, John's like us. He just lets shit go. He just lets it ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. JD's like, be aware. She's like, get ready. Yeah. She's like, something's warned. Something's getting you prepared. John's like, no, nah, I'm straight. Yeah. <laughs> Got another caller. Let's go. Hey, welcome to the night shift. What's going on? Yo. Hey. What are you doing? <laughs> JJ, hi. Hello. You guys, you guys were talking about 333, and I thought I'd just jump in here instead of writing out a whole laundry list on the chat. So when I was younger, I had two best friends, and they both had the same first name. So A. We'll just call them A1 and A2. And we went to this little park, and it was kind of late at night, and there was no wind, no nothing. We're all just kind of hanging out, being dumb teenage girls. And all of a sudden, this swing in the park just starts moving on its own. And then this wind starts whistling through the bushes, and it's, like, creep-tastic, and we hear, like, this weird, like almost like a music box kind of sound, right? Like super creepy, shouldn't be there. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere at like a park. So we all run screaming in three different directions. And then eventually we all find our way. Yeah, solid plan. Absolutely (laughs) what girls should do. The only thing we were missing was four-inch heels. So so we all eventually end up at the same house, right? Call our moms, like, please take us home. Like, we're done. So we all go to our three separate homes. And, you know, these are back in the days. We don't have digital radios. We don't have regular alarm clocks. Like, we have those old ancient radios that you could turn the alarm to turn on the radio, but it didn't turn on itself, right? So two of us live in the same apartment complex. And at 3.33 in the morning, I get woken up by the radio blaring in my ear with Marilyn Manson's sweet dreams have made of these. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Okay. Solid. I would be low key stoked. (laughs) Well, I kind of go into like warrior mode. I'm trying to turn this damn thing off because I don't want to wake up my mom. Right. And so now I'm one of those people, like once I'm up, I'm up. I I don't get to go back to sleep or make that choice. Like the rest of you all in this chat. feel that. So I was like, you you just like put a blanket over your head and go to sleep. I don't know what that's like. So the next morning, I'm kind of like wandering in the parking lot and my friend comes out. It's like five in the morning. And I'm like, what are you doing up? And she's like, girl, literally my radio went off at 3.33 in the morning with Marilyn Manson's sweet dreams are made of these. Weird. And I couldn't stop the radio. Yeah, because it was such a fucking good song. Okay, yeah, but, you know, okay, yeah, like, we listen to the same radio station, that makes sense, but, like, the same time for both of us, so a little later in the morning, I call A2, right, who lived on the other side of town, and I'm like, hey, anything weird happened? She goes, yeah, my radio alarm went off at 3.33 in the morning with the Marilyn Manson song. That's on it. You guys are on point. You guys turned into straight up, like, goth metalheads that night. I was so freaked out. <laughs> do you think it would, so, be, it would be scary? I'm not going to lie. Do you think there's correlation with the, with the weirdness at the park? Yeah. So we actually ended up finding out a couple of years later that there was a little girl who died on that swing. 
that's weird yeah which is awful right but i ended up finding out like like i said like two years later i found that out but it was just so weird that there was no wind i mean you know we're in the most temperate zone in the world like we don't have a lot of weather so no wind no anything and then all of a sudden there's a weird wind in the bushes only and this weird lullaby coming out and then the swing going off by itself Weird. That's terrifying. But anyway, that's my three thirty-three a.m. story that I thought I'd share with all of you, just to make sure that those of you who can go back to sleep have superpowers. Well, I the, one of them. yeah, not me. When I'm up, I'm done. Uh, the music box thing is awful. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Do you think? Well, do you think it was just coincidence that the same song was on? I mean, when I look back in retrospect, it makes sense. Like, we all listen to the same radio stations, right? right? So, like, okay, maybe. But why did all of our radios, like, two, them two didn't even have radio alarms. They just had, like, their stereo just came on, on its own. Strange. Mm-hmm. And trust I me, I knew both of their parents, and their parents were not pleased. So we were we were grounded for a while. <laughs> we were told we couldn't hang out for a while. <laughs> I wonder if there was significance to the song specifically. You know, when you read the lyrics and you think about the fact that we were sleeping and it's all about sweet dreams are made of these and like the original song's good, but it's still a little creepy by Annie Lennox. Mm-hmm. But Marilyn Manson and him being... At that time, you know, the whole big thing was he's a Satanist and he's a Satanist, Satanic priest. And, you know, we're out doing spooky stuff. And yeah, yeah that yeah. that with the 333, which is basically the adversaries, you know, F you to the Holy Trinity. That's why they like to pop up at that time. But honestly, whenever I get woke, like if I get woken up from a dead sleep and it's 333, I always know I need to go into like attack mode and protect mode. Probably wise. Yeah, nothing good happens. What? Not to not to kind of veer off, but a, a lot of people in the chat are s- s- having three three thirty sixes, three thirty six a.m. I'm curious about oh. your significance. If there's any significance to that, there's that's like the third or fourth person I've seen after the caller talking about three thirty six. So when I think about it, think about if you're asleep, right, and you get woken up by something it usually takes you a minute or two before mm. you're cognizant enough to look at the clock. Yeah, the other true. thing is if you live in my house, every room, the clock is a different time. That's also a fact. <laughs> my house is the same. So I have my cell phone. You know how your cell phone like runs on atomic time, right? Right. Okay. So I have friends who will text me from the future. Because my clock sometimes runs behind or before. Like, it doesn't even make sense anymore. It's just a joke now. I can actually send you screenshots and you can laugh at it. I I have one where I'm like, why are you texting me from the future? My little sister did that last week. Said something about, I don't know if it was an Instagram or something. It was from like 53 weeks in the future. I'm like, we should probably mark that. That's fucking weird. Yeah, I had a friend who she had a TikTok video show up in her gallery, and it showed up in 2038. 
weird. Like as the timestamp. And we open it up and it's literally this woman who's standing over like a rosary and she's crying, forgive me, forgive me. That's creepy. What? Yeah. Yeah, I have a screenshot of that one too because I was like, girl, come here. <laughs> I want to take pictures. That's creepy. That is. And yes, I, I just want to say to Aaron Boats and Hose, I'm really, really sorry I made you listen to that song at 3 a.m. because <laughs> that's a really creepy song. <laughs> Seven Devils by Florence and the Machine. I apparently had him listen to that at 3 a.m. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let me figure. But this I out. really, really loved your guys' episode. Um, it was awesome. Thank, Thank you, you for letting me write my little diatribe on a on Discord. I was we we were waiting. We were, we were like, if anybody has any insight on this, it's going to be JJ. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those things a lot. Um, usually, it's just because they're vibrating so fast. You know, their face isn't fully formed, so right. that that's the normal thing, but. There was a really trippy show. It was based off Stephen King that HBO did for like a season where the the thing basically would bite people and he would take their DNA and then take their face. Do you guys remember that? That was a killer show. No, I don't remember that. Okay, I'll have to find the name of that. But it was really, really good. And so he was a, a supernatural being and he had no face. And so his whole thing was he had to bite someone to get their DNA in order to look like somebody. And then he would commit a crime and leave not only like a trail of his face on camera, but also he would represent their DNA. It's true. It's weird. It's a really it's good weird. show. I'll have to find it. It wasn't Tommy Knocker's hi Twiz. <laughs> we found <Right>. you. <laughs> yeah, people were asking where Twiz was, if he was uh, abducted or not. Um, I'm also wondering, like, worried. As somebody that can like see or read people's auras, have you ever came across people? I mean, not necessarily you interacted with them, but just in passing that didn't have one that you noticed? There's only been two. The The one was that lady with the Eric story. I see. And um, I knew something was up. Yeah, dude, there, there was nothing. It was like a cardboard cutout. I've never, ever seen that before on someone who wasn't a professional there was only one other time the person was a professional they knew how to cloak um and that was weird but like you could still see the person moving and stuff and so i you can kind of feel the intent that they're cloaking whereas this woman whoever she was or whatever she was had nothing there was no energy there was no vibration there was no aura there was nothing it was the first thing that I thought of when we started talking about that was the way that she, the way that she actively like avoided you was like, she knew that you knew if that makes sense. Well, And the weird thing is when she came in, she sat directly in my eye line, but wouldn't look at me. And then when I got up to leave, which was all of 11 minutes, I was gone. That's when everything happened. And when I came back and heard everything that had occurred, I went to go read her and there was nothing. And then when I went real deep in, like a little more nosy than I normally am, because normally I try not to be nosy, but this one, like I, I went in to actually see like, are you cloaking or what are you doing? And that's when she got up all rigid and just left. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. 
yeah, definitely um, not something I want to relive. But... I don't blame you because it it was a pretty profound encounter there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's been more. <laughs> so, well, that's not, I will throw that's, you all in on those at a later date. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> yeah, it has been a wild couple of months for him. For for me, actually. For yeah, I think things slowed down for him, but like when we left Fortean, some stuff ended up happening that I was just in shock about. Um, and then ever since, like I've been trying to work on a special project and it's like I've been getting derailed, like anything and everything that could take my attention away has been happening. It, it's been odd. It's finally going to calm down because I'm forcing it to. Well, that's good that it's you're going to make it shut up. Take control. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I hope you have a really good surgery. Are you uh, going to be too. on night shift for a while? I don't know. I don't. Uh, my surgery's Tuesday, so I'm going to try to make it on Wednesday, but I'm not going to promise anything. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, you're hopped up on pain meds. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's basically might, abdomen, abdomen surgery, so it might be hard to sit. I don't know. He may have interdimensional creatures with him on the night shift if he decides to join. Yeah. No, he's, <laughs> he's gonna see into the void. <laughs> Machine elves right at his side. Oh wow. Yeah. Are you actually going under anesthesia? Yeah. Okay. So remember to bubble up before. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've only been under yeah. once and that was when I was like 15. Okay, I've been under a few times, and it yeah. is strange. But if you bubble up before, there's less chance of things coming back with you. That's good. I'm hoping yeah. it's just like a nice little nap. Things. Oh, did you hear what she just said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like how I dropped that real subtle. Welcome. Yeah. I'm just looking for a nice little nap, and I wake up feeling all rested, and I'm like, "All right, cool. My surgery's done. I get to go home and lay in bed for ever." <sighs> Oh, yeah. You're going to be feeling great. I wish you a speedy recovery. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks to you as well. Thanks for calling. Yes. Thank you for hanging out with us. And always (laughs) being there when we have questions about all the stuff that we don't know, which is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. I love it. Awesome. All right. Have a great night. Thank you. You You too. Stay safe, JJ. You too. Steven, thank you, brother. Yeah, much love. It is greatly appreciated. I, for sure, for sure, that was the first thing that I thought about when we were talking about the entities that did not, uh, like, the faceless and not registering. I'm like, man, I wonder if JJ's ever encountered them. But it's weird that I made the connection to the person that Eric dealt with. And she also noticed it. I think she mentioned the cardboard cutout, which kind of made me think about backdrop people anyway. Yeah. But it's it's weird. Hey, at least uh, Steve's mom's offering to take care of me while I'm down for surgery. That's true. Hollow mom coming in. That's right. Uh Dylan in the chat. It's the number scrolling across at the bottom of the your screen here. Yeah, the, the, the ticker. Yeah, it's constantly moving. Yeah, that's the hollow, the hollow number. If you're on the YouTube or watching the live, it is that number right there. I don't think it'd be too bad. 
<clears throat> but my last surgery wasn't that great. Now oh, here comes another one. Hey, welcome to the night shift. What's going on? Yo. What's going on, gentlemen? What's up? So, uh, can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Driving across the lonely state of Texas. This fucking place is huge. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so I recently got on the Discord and a couple of people wanted me to share or reshare a Bigfoot experience that I had called in and gave you guys back in, I don't know, January or February. I'm a retired Army helicopter pilot. I'm not ringing yes. a bell. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so, for the people on Discord that wanted me to share it, I figured I'd call back in after I had some time. So, getting into it, uh, I had finished flight school. I was in the Apache program. Uh, we were on a nighttime gunnery range. There was two aircraft, my aircraft and a sister aircraft. Um, we were, I can't remember if we were doing rocket pods or the 30 millimeter chain gun on the nose. I can't remember. Give me a spin. I don't know shit. 24 years ago. But I distinctly remember sitting in the back seat, looking through optics, trying to get, you know, range, ranging my targets and stuff like that. When the instructor pilot immediately called a ceasefire. And I come on comms. I was like, what are you calling a ceasefire? What the fuck? And he's like, there's something down there. And we get to looking on the op, the uh, optics. And you can clearly see a bipedal something walking. To me, it looked like somebody in a ghillie suit. But then it dawned on me that this fucking thing at a mile out, this thing is huge. It's taking up like my entire screen. Our sister aircraft sees it. They call range control. Range control shuts the range down. Kills our night. We fly back to the uh, airfield where the Apaches were being held. When we get out, the four of us talk about it. And I'm all giddy. I'm like, oh, it's a fucking Bigfoot. And my instructor grabs me and says, your career cannot handle the smoke of what you just said. You don't report this. You didn't see it. And that was it. It's fucking Kind awful. of in a nutshell. So I have, I, have, I have another Bigfoot experience that I completely fucking forgot about. I, I linked up with an old army pilot that I flew with years and years ago when we were stationed at Fort Lewis, Washington together. This was during the height of the Iraq campaign. Both of us had just rotated back from Iraq, and which is probably why I've completely forgot about this. I wasn't flying Apaches at this time. I was flying a Blackhawk. I was on a, what they call a dust off, which is medevac. Now, the infantry units that were assigned or, or stationed at Fort Lewis were balls deep training, right? Because they were getting ready to relook, uh, rotate back into Iraq. We were providing what we call uh, mock-up nine-line medevac for the ground guys. They would call in a nine-line medevac. We would come in, we'd load up mock soldiers. We'd fly a pattern, we'd drop them back off. Well, we did that about, I don't know, about five or eight times. We had come into this clearing, we picked up some soldiers that were supposed to be hurt. We'd fly around, we'd drop them back off. Well, coming in the final time, we had a major hydraulic failure. So we had to shut the, shut the aircraft down as soon as we got it on the ground. We waited on uh, another bird to come in with maintenance crew to figure out what was going on. Well, two hours into this, it's dark. It's dark. We're sitting in a clearing. We're 30 yards from a tree line when one of the crew chiefs on the Black Hawk was fucking around with his night vision, stops and says, what the hell is that? We all turn, and as we turn around, 
there's a silhouette that's probably 10 or 11 feet tall, steps into the tree line, no noise, and disappears. The infantry units that we were there supporting had already cleared out of the area. Not that we have 11 foot tall infantry soldiers. I was going to say, that's going to be one intimidating motherfucker. <laughs> no shit. No shit. That's, uh, you know, the giant of K. <laughs> so I told everybody, hey, we don't know what we saw. Don't report it. So nobody ever said nothing. And like I said, I linked up with him a few weeks ago and he brought it up. And it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure I know what we saw. And I was like, you damn well know what we saw, but we can't say anything about it. Um, not even back then, anyway. Now I don't give a shit. I'm retired. They can kiss my ass, right? <laughs> That's what's up. But, um, but I don't know if you guys remember when I'd called last time. Oh, yeah. I'd had, I'd had a UFO experience like three days prior to me calling you, right? Yes. Do you remember me telling you about the other aircraft? I fly medevac, civilian medevac yeah. now, right? You remember the aircraft I was talking to you guys about in New Mexico? Yeah. The one that all the for about five hours worth? Yeah. Yes. Well, months later, I dug into this a little bit deeper. I found out that our aircraft, and I still work for the same company, our aircraft have GPS trackers on them. Oh, shit. And the, comp- the company has completely covered this shit up. The pilot has since retired. The nurse and the medic have both left the flight service and went to went back to hospitals or ambulance services, right? No, so nobody on that crew is flying anymore. So when the aircraft went missing, the GPS transponder in the aircraft also lost contact with aircraft. Get the fuck out of here. The GPS on the aircraft for the company. Now, the, the helicopters themselves have a transponder that transpond we can put in an emergency code for mayday and shit like that that tower a controlled air tower can read right they get a, a reading from us on that but the company actually has the gps because we have some helicopters that work the oil field out in the gulf of mexico so that's why they have gps on those guys because if they go down out in the gulf they can find them but from what i've found out that when this aircraft went missing and the crew went missing the GPS stopped working and lost contact with them roughly the same spot air traffic control lost contact with them. What? Now here's the kicker is five hours later, the company GPS pings, air traffic control transponder pings, they're three miles from their base. And I talked to the pilot and I asked him, cause he's, like I said, he retired. He, he's, he quit flying. He's not flying anymore. Um, I think he started driving a semi. No shit. Um, he, he just, he was done. He said what he remembers is when they left the hospital from dropping off a patient, they were all chit-chatting and talking. It was dark. They had about a 30, 45-minute flight back to their base. He said the next thing he remembers, he said he feels like he came to, like he woke up, and he opens his eyes. It's daylight, and he sees his airport two miles ahead of him. He said he rounds, he said he's bring. he's he's completely confused, has no idea what the fuck is going on, but he's still gotta fly the aircraft. He looks behind him and both the nurse and the medic are out cold. He said he doesn't know if they're passed out or if they're asleep, but all he knows is it's daylight. And it should have been, I don't know, two, three o'clock in the morning when they landed and got back to their base. 
And here it is. I think it was like after seven in the morning. Anyway, daylight. Sun's already up. Um, he said he rounds the hangar at a at an air taxi, which is you know a hover right off the ground, and he's taxiing over, and he sees uh, sheriff's office, uh, state police, FAA people are there, um, search and rescue people are there, our company people are there, and they immediately separate everybody and try to figure out stories, and they all had the same story. We went to hospital. We left our base, went to hospital A, picked up the patient, went to hospital B, dropped the patient off, was en route. That's all we remember until we come to. Now, the, the nurse and the medic, I believe, they came to once he set the helicopter down. Now, this is the other kicker to the story. The All helicopters have what they call a Hobbs meter. And a Hobbs meter control or monitors the airtime for the airframe, right? Flight time. When you pull an inch of collective, which the collective operates to pitch in the air bl- in the uh, main rotor blades, gives you lift or, or makes air more or less air helicopter goes up helicopter goes down if you pull up or drop the collective so when you pull an inch of collective that hobbs meter starts ticking the hobbs meter had the exact same amount of flight time that they should have had from base to a b back to base it didn't have not to mention they would have been out of fuel but you see what i'm saying it had the exact amount of flight time and the aircraft had the exact amount of fuel that it should have had when they landed doing that run. Bro, what? So, I mean, essentially the, the helicopter was non operating for a given amount of time. They, well, some company people claim that they sat the aircraft down and, you know, they laid it out in the desert and was doing some mischievous shit out there. But, Anybody that's been to northern New Mexico, there's nothing there. Why the fuck would you land in the middle of nowhere? Matter of fact, where they would have landed would have put them smack dab in the middle of the Navajo reservation. Who in the hell would land there? With all the folklore around shit out there. But this is the other kicker is the pilot did not know, nor did the crew know that the company had a GPS on the aircraft. So how did the GPS GPS and the transponder both go silent. The transponder, I can understand because you could turn that on and off. That's easy. But a uh, non-existent GPS that we didn't know was in the aircraft, like the aircraft I fly right now for the same company, I could not tell you where the damn GPS is at on it. I, I could literally tear that aircraft apart, and I, I wouldn't be able to tell you where it's at. I have no clue. So they got it hidden good. It's it's somewhere either in the console behind the instrument panel, yeah, or it's somewhere. I mean, it's got it's got to be somewhere where it's, it's pulling power. But so they have roughly five hours of missing time in northern New Mexico, where, from what I understand, pretty large UFO reporting up there. Um, That's so weird. It's that yeah. so weird. It is and, super weird. And I, and I, like I said, I've talked to the pilot. He doesn't remember anything. It's like you didn't see a flash of light, anything. He goes, no. He goes, we were talking. And then the next thing I remember, I opened my eyes. It's daylight. I'm flying. And I feel like I just woke up. Well, that's got to be scary being a pilot, feeling oh, like you yeah. just fucking woke up. Uh uh, as a pilot, I've taken a nap with somebody else flying and woke up and like, what the fuck? Who's flying? Yeah, right. it's got to be. 
but for the be to be the only pilot in the aircraft and open yeah. your eyes and feel like you just woke up and you're you're fucking flying, yeah. like actively flying. Yeah. That's terrifying. I, I, mean, I mean, I think we've all fallen asleep or dozed off driving. Yeah. I, I think it's far worse than that. Oh yes. Very much so. Man, i I wonder. It would be interesting to know like what kind of questions that they were drilled with when they landed. Uh, he said be. that well, he said that they were they were asked, you know, the events. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember what day it is? Um, and he said that the people that interviewed him was not people from the company that he'd ever that he'd ever talked to, and he had been with the company ten plus years. I think he was a I think he's retired. Uh, he's a retired military pilot. I don't know if it's Air Force or Navy, but he'd been with the company a while. And he said that he had he'd never he'd never met these two guys. Both of them were in suits. Both of them, uh, he said, if I didn't if I didn't know any better, I'd say they worked for some government agency. He goes, they kind of gave off that vibe, but they said they worked for us. He said, but they asked, you know, do you know what day it is? Do you know what your name is? What aircraft do you fly? What's the tail number? Where did you take off? Where did you land? Where did you land the second time? Where were you coming back to? I mean, he said they were asking pretty basic questions, but they were also asking during your flight, did you notice anything? Did any of the instruments act up? Now we have a, what we call a full glass cockpit. And that is everything is a, a touch screen, more or less. It doesn't have the old steam gauges like you see in some of the older aircraft. Everything is a, you know, multi, multi-million dollar Garmin GPSs that have uh, collision avoidance, uh, other aircraft avoidance. It's got real-time weather. It's got all that shit. So we have one or two steam gauges as backups, but other than that, it, it's pretty, it's, you know, it's digitized. And so he was asking, he said they were asking questions like, did your instruments fluctuate? Did your, uh, he said one, one question that stood out uh, and it kind of struck me weird too is, did your compass waver? I have a fucking compass in aircraft. We, I mean, we have an old compass that we could use as a backup, but we have a digital compass on a, you know, $50,000 damn Garmin GPS. We don't right. pay attention to this old shit down here in the corner. And he's like, that's what I told him. Why the hell would I be looking at that when I've got technology in front of me? So no. And I was like, well, that's, that's kind of odd. But uh, he wasn't able to talk to his crew for like a week. They kept them separated. They were able to go home, but they were they were monitored. They weren't allowed to talk to one another on the phone. Uh, social media was shut down. Um, they went. He said they they went through several psychological evaluations with the FAA or and medical evaluations. And like I said, I mean this guy at this time was probably late fifties, early sixties, and I think he's like I said, I think he's driving an eighteen wheeler now. <sighs> Yeah, and what <clears throat> what would the guy have to gain from lying to you at that point if he's he's like fuck it, I'm out. Um, like there's no I, I there's no know. point for him to lie to you. No, there's not. And I don't think he's lying. I honestly think he has no idea what happened. But aside from let's take the crew and set them to the side for a second, the aircraft would have parked its ass in the dirt due to no fuel. Right. They had, by the time they would have, say everything would have went like it's supposed to, when they landed, they'd have had roughly about 45 minutes worth of fuel left after their nightly trip. 
five, they didn't have five hours of fuel. Matter of fact, that particular helicopter he's flying does not have five hours worth of flight time with a full tank of fuel. So it's mechanically and physically impossible to fly that long without refueling somewhere. And there's no airport between there and their base station to stop and get fuel. And they checked all the other airports, the small airports within, I think, 50, maybe 100 mile radius. Aircraft was never stopped there. Matter of fact, one of them's a towered, one of them's a damn towered airport, a controlled airspace, and they didn't see them either. It's so, so strange. So do you, do you jump on the? I know, I know, one of you guys uh, likes the UFO wagon. Fuck do you yeah. jump on that? Do you jump on that wagon? And, Fuck yeah! Uh, and it's know. almost like it's almost like the the powers that be knew had some inkling what was going on. Because if you got an aircraft that's missing, why are you going to sit at the airport, wait to see if it shows back up if it's been gone for five hours? You know, you're going to put people out looking for it. Well, from what I understand, that, you know, there's an Air Force base in uh, Albuquerque, not far from where this supposedly happened. I heard they had uh, their Air Force search and rescue out flying, oh. flying grid squares looking for them. That's so um, wild. Uh, being, having, being familiar with with the way the military, you know, does search and rescue, um, they probably had two um, Black Hawks or the Air Force's equivalent to a Black Hawk with crews up in the air, and they were probably searching grid by grid. Uh, they probably flew there, and that's and I, I heard, um, I think it was Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office, which I think is in Albuquerque. Somebody said that that their helicopter actually flew the exact route that they would have taken that he filed a flight plan to fly and never made, I never made contact with it. On top of that, think of the, I mean, you could, you could, you know, you could, you could obviously question ET or government at that point, but, uh, let's go go government. Why would the government randomly shit steal or, hijack or kidnap uh, uh, just a random medical crew on a routine hospital to hospital transfer right in the middle of fucking nowhere i mean what i i can't wrap my head having worked for the government and how twisted their shit is i can't wrap my head around why they would do it i don't see the the aspect of it and i'm not a believer or a disbeliever in ufos i know i've seen some strange shit flying that i can't I can't explain, but I'm not an expert on the shit. I'm an expert at flying. All I know is the shit that I've seen doesn't fly the way I fly, so it's kind of sketchy. But is it an abduction? And did they take the whole crew and the fucking helicopter? And did they have the technology to freeze the helicopter? I mean, you're talking about fucking three rotor blades spinning that you know, chop their little asses up. I mean... <laughs> well, and the thing, the thing that I was going to point out, though is that the calculation with it, because when he let's whatever happened, whether he got knocked, knocked out, the whole craft got abducted, wherever the fuck it was. When it came back into our plane of existence, our reality, his flight flight path, he was the only one awake. The other two were yeah. still under. Yeah. And that, so they that, had to that, have known that that dude was the fucking pilot. Cause imagine if they would have took, the flight nurse and been like, here, you, you fly the fucking plane. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? She, yeah. 
they, yeah, they wouldn't have been enough to, they wouldn't have been enough plastic bags to scoop their ass up in. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of what I thought about, you know, aside from waking up and, oh shit, there's my airport a mile away. Why the fuck is the sun up? And why am I still flying asleep? Yeah, they would have had to know, okay, that guy's the pilot. So make sure you put him back there, wake him up, make sure he's flying and send him on his way. Now, I've got another buddy of mine that flies with us and this guy is i swear if he was if we were in the 70s he'd be stoned because he's such a fucking hippie <laughs> he thinks that they flew through some kind of a portal could be that's uh, my, some, my and a, what, what do you call it a, a, a time warp or some shit i don't know nothing about that crap i was like uh, he put that shit in my head and i'm like what the fuck well i asked him i said well what do you how do you know if you fly through one or what do you can you see them because i don't want to fly into it and he's like, no, man, that's exactly what happened. They flew through some kind of a time warp, and uh, he needs to do uh, regression therapy, and I bet he'll remember where he was actually flying. I bet it was somewhere fucking cool. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think I'd want to do regression therapy. Oh, fuck no. Absolutely not. Especially like you were saying, within the allotted time, whatever that was, there was a large craft identified in the area uh another oddity is the fact that they just happen to appear a mile outside their airport and nobody yeah. notices them beyond that point and and that's what I'm is, <clears throat> nobody and okay so i'll tell you the the aircraft is a and is an airbus as350 you can look it up on google it's a standard police or air medevac civilian um medevac helicopter um, a lot of police departments use them. A lot of uh, air ambulances use them. Um, they're they're efficient. They're fast. But it has three rotor blades. So if you've ever heard the old you know Vietnam era Hueys with that two rotor blade system, you hear the thumping. Well, this one has a similar thump, but it's three rotor blades. You can distinctly hear it coming from a pretty good distance, um, especially if he's if he's coming if he's slowing the aircraft down now and just straight flight you'll hear the rudder blades but if he was coming in as an approach he would have been pitch up meaning the nose would have been pitched up a little bit and he would have been slowing himself down which would have caused those rudder blades to make a hell of a lot more noise than normal so they would have heard that thing coming not just oh shit look who's here welcome right. home Right, so, and the fact that there was already there was already people on the ground waiting for him, like the sheriff's department and shit, is is. Well, weird. that's that's that's, that's kind of normal. Anytime an aircraft goes missing, uh, they they don't wait. You know, law enforcement. You know, if you called and said your wife was missing, they'd make you wait twenty four thirty six hours before you can officially file a missing persons report. With an aircraft, especially oh, that makes sense. With our job. With our job, we have to file flight plans so they know exactly where we're going, when we're coming back, when we're leaving. And when we get back, we have to call the FAA and cancel that flight plan to acknowledge that, hey, we've, we've made it back to where we started, right? Or we've, made it, back to our, we've made it to our destination. So when this aircraft didn't make, uh, didn't one, follow, follow the flight plan, didn't check in when they were supposed to, did not land, um, and then he didn't call the FAA. And then when they tried to get in touch with him, nobody knew where they were at. That was kind of standard to immediately, hey, we might, because what they were thinking at the time, we have an aircraft down. We have a crew down. So we need to start searching along their routes for travel to see, because they're thinking crash, right? That portion of New Mexico, there's some mountains up there. It's not highly unlikely. Tired pilot, 
getting complacent, not paying attention, uh, even getting partial disorientation, rolling the aircraft over, uh, hitting the mountain. That's kind of, that's, as a matter of fact, that's what killed Kobe Bryant. But, um, so yeah, so they immediately, they call out everybody, search and rescue, fire, EMS, call the company, FAA is involved. If there's a military asset close by, they get involved. So that's kind of normal. But it makes sense. Now, after you after you started talking about it, it made sense more in my head. I, my conspiracy brain's like, fuck, they already knew it because they were sitting there waiting. But it makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's kind of normal. But, you know, having some of the questions that came about and, you know, like I said, that Hobbs meter, that Hobbs meter had the exact amount of flight time that it should have had their fuel. They had not used any more fuel or any less fuel. Um the fact that if he'd been flying the whole time, he'd have crashed because he'd run out of fuel. Uh, helicopters are not like airplanes. You can't run it out of fuel and just casually float around for a little bit till you land. You know, a helicopter, it, it loses fuel. It kind of like a rock. It, it drops. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I haven't personally talked to the nurse or the flight medic. Um, I was told that they were absolutely not talking to anybody about this shit. Um and like I said, they they both left the company. He has since retired or quit or whatever. Um, and I did talk to him that he is still hearing him tell his story is there's still so many pieces that he that's missing that he can't give you. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. You ever talk ever talk to somebody and you question them about something that happened and they'll they kind of half ass their way through it, but you can tell there's a lot missing that they generally they, they just don't have it. They don't have those answers. And he just doesn't have those answers. Yes. At all. And, I mean, even more so the fact that all three of them are like, we're numb out. Fuck flying. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. And like I said, to, to my knowledge, the, the medical crew, um, other than, I guess, talking to the company doctors or whatnot, they, they have refused uh, interview from any agency, anybody involved, FAA, they refuse to talk to the FAA and they don't have to because they're not under any kind of flight status at all. Um, they're, they're just regular nurse and an EMT or excuse me, a paramedic in the back. They just happen to ride in the back of a helicopter. So they're not governed by the FAA. So they don't have to talk to them like we do. You know, the FAA wants to question me. I got to talk to them because they could go, okay, dickhead, I'm going to take your license. I fly now. Right. You know? So they're not obligated to talk to anybody like that. And that just, that just, to me, that just screams that those, for bare minimum, those two people are fucking terrified or have been told to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm on probably a 50 50 mixture. Cause, yeah. Uh, if it happened to me, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I would quit flying too. I mean, shit, I saw, I don't, was it the fucking tic tac? And I kind of questioned whether I wanted to fly a couple of days later when I came back to work. I'll bet. And, and it was fucked up because, uh, you know, I work kind of like a firefighter schedule. I work 24 hours straight and then had two days off. And when I came back, even my crew, my, the two, two girls I fly with, um, they both told me, Hey, if we have to go up tonight and we have to go in that direction, is there another route you can take? Cause I don't really want to fly over that area tonight. And me being, you know, a dude, I was like, ah, fuck it. They're not going to mess with us. We're going to fly there anyway. <laughs> but, and my dumb ass, we got a call that night and we had to fly that way. And I'm telling you, my asshole was eating my seat the whole way up because I'm like, 
fuck you little bastards and say whatever you're at. <laughs> oh, dude, I've I just could I just can't. The fact that everything is like the plane just or the the helicopter just went stagnant, just all of a sudden, just boop stopped. Well, no yeah. matter whether it got a put into a bigger fucking craft or it went through a portal, whatever the fuck it was, the fact that all of it, the fuel, the all of it, just goes nope. We're it's not. It's like it's like so like suggested as like they just sat down and just hung out for a couple hours and was like, all right, we better get back at it. There, there's an old movie that I remember seeing as a kid. I don't know if either one of y'all. I'm I'm 43, so I don't know how old you guys are, but if you remember seeing it, I want to say it was um, an airplane was kind of went through some kind of a portal and they offloaded all the passengers and then they reloaded the passengers back on, but these were just empty bodies, empty shells, and then they sent the airplane back and the airplane crashed. Y'all remember seeing a movie like that? Came for the life of me to tell you what it name of it was. I was a kid when I saw it, but it, it was something similar to that where the airplane went through some kind of a portal. These beings offloaded everybody, and then they reloaded the aircraft with just empty human shells, and then sent the aircraft back because they knew the aircraft was going to crash. That kind of got stuck in my head. Well, shit, what if it was like that? But then it doesn't make any sense because the helicopter didn't crash. Well, that's a gross thought. Some. MH370. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. I'm yeah, not, I'm no, not, yeah. That's terrifying. <clears throat> well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure y'all seen the videos from the drones where the, the MH370 was, it was like three UFOs circling it. Oh, all yeah. Of a yep. The damn thing. Yeah. I, a, a buddy of mine sent that to me, and he's up, and he flies for um, Southwest. And uh, he sent me that video. He goes, Whatever you do, if I go missing and my whole plane goes missing, these are the little bastards that did it. And I'm like, that's not even fucking funny. That's that's <laughs> terrible. It gave me goosebumps. <laughs> so I mean, I, I watched that video and I watched it and watched it and watched it. And being that you know, in in aviation myself, I'm like, you know, if that's a fake video, that's pretty damn good. And, and I know, you know technology we have nowadays with ai and stuff like that but still that that was uh oh yeah pretty pretty compelling and i know there's people like oh it's bullshit and of course of course you're gonna say that our government wants you to say that they're gonna say that well for those people their own psyche wants them to say that yeah you know our government sells you the bullshit story that kennedy was shot by one guy right (laughs) come on exactly um and, you know, you've got so many videos and uh, reportings of Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever the hell you want to call that, and yet they still deny it. Yep. Um, they've changed the name from UFO to, a, what, what are they calling them now? Uh, UAPs. UAPs. Um, and I will tell you, as a pilot, uh, dude, if you if a pilot reports some shit like that, you're, you're running the gambit of losing your livelihood which is so crazy to me but i guess i guess you could what put that into your psyche is now fucked like you're you're going crazy that's uh, and i just like i said i remember anytime like i said i've flying 25 years now something like that and i've seen some questionable shit flying i'm like you know especially at night and then i, I your mind wants to tell you oh well it's just 
moon glare from something on the ground or it's glare coming off the cockpit or some bullshit like that. You know, your mind jumps back and immediately wants to explain it. So you're not ass puckered in the seat trying to figure out what it is. But I always go back to what my, one of my flight instructors when I was in the flying Apaches told me, you know, if you report something like that, like, like the Bigfoot or if that's what, what we saw that night on the range or even the, what we saw at Fort Lewis, if you report it, no matter how good of a pilot you are, your career cannot stand the smoke that's going to bring from reporting that. So, but like I said, I can talk to you guys because everybody that listens and y'all are just as weird as I am, I guess. Right. And I'm retired, so I give no fucks. That's awesome, man. <laughs> None. That's awesome. If, 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 you know, if they, um, they can't take my retirement and if they take my license, fuck it. I don't care. I've flown. 12,000 hours. I, I think I can, I can rest. I can aggravate the piss out of my wife now. Um, <laughs> there you go, man. Dude, I was, so, I was hoping you were going to call back in because yeah. that's, that is the wildest, the wildest. Oh, yeah, that, so good. The, 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 um, the Bigfoot thing from Fort Lewis though, man, I, I don't, I don't know what the hell that was. It was tall. It was a shadow. It was fucking huge. I didn't really see any detail in it. Cause it was, like I said, it was dust dark in the middle of, you know, Fort Lewis training area. And I mean, granted, yes, it's in Washington state. You guys have probably heard thousands of reports of Bigfoot around Fort Lewis. I've heard them. I've heard ground guys talk about them. I've heard other Apache pilots talk about shit they've seen on scopes. You know, uh, was it a Bigfoot? I don't know. Was it, you know, fucking four grunts from the infantry unit standing on each other's shoulders fucking with us? Could have been. Sure. I hope they got a job with the fucking circus when they got out of the army. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know what it was. I know my 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 co-pilot and my two crew chiefs were like, "Fuck this!" and they got an aircraft and shut everything down. <laughs> and they were waiting for the maintenance aircraft to come fix it. And as soon as we were able to get out of there, we got the hell out of there. But I do know that standing there, the overwhelming feeling that we were watched and I we were being watched from multiple angles. If that makes sense, because you. Everybody could tell when somebody's looking at them. And I had that distinct feeling in my crew chief. I said the same thing that it felt like we were being watched from multiple angles. That's so, dude, that's crazy. Not the top of the and, food chain. No, fuck no. Uh, eat me. I hope I give you indigestion. <laughs> um, same. But, yeah. So I, I don't know. But those are, if I see anything else in the sky, man, I, I I've started putting a GoPro in the cockpit at night to see if I can catch something. Atta boy. Um, That's what's up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I bought one of those new um, the, the 360 degree cameras, kind of like a GoPro. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to mount that motherfucker on the bottom of the helicopter. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Just in yeah. case. Because, you know, now I'm doing more looking out and less flying. And my crew's like, what are you doing? Mike, what are you talking about? Well, we just dropped a thousand feet. Oh shit, we did. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I saw something. <laughs> yeah. That way, if you go through a portal, at least you can like live stream it. There you uh, go. Yeah, you know what, Ricky Bobby, don't put that shit on me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you've yeah, just given right. you've just given Kyle like three new reasons he's never going to get on an airplane. That's true. That's true. I, if you're ever if if I'm ever up in Illinois, I will be glad to fly you around, man. I I won't do nothing stupid. I, I probably let you. I probably let you. I don't know, man. Army pilots are some of the worst pilots in the military. Well, 
It's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. Hey, military grade does not mean that's the best shit you can buy. Just remember that. And that's what we got to fly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I, I still listen to you guys make every time I get a chance. And, uh, I hope I've pleased everybody on the discord. I wasn't even sure what that was. I remember hearing you guys talk about it and I asked my wife and of course she knew what it was. And I'm like, it better not be some Snapchat bullshit. And I get on there and I kind of hinted around my, my screen name on discord is uh sky Lord. All right. Right on. Right. I have, on. I have seen you post it in there. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I listened to you guys, a story about the black dog. And I mentioned to one of you about the, uh, truckers have, uh, uh, some kind of folklore about black dogs. I had an uncle that was a truck driver when I was a kid. So, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, guys. We appreciate you calling in, dude. Seriously. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to continue driving across this uh, desolate state of Texas. There uh, you go, you got brother. Any, got any fucking bigger? It'd be its own country. So, <laughs> y'all have a good saying. night. You too. Have a good one, man. Thanks. Stay Thank safe you. out there, brother. All right. Bye. Bye. What a fucking any, story. Any state that you have to, you start out driving Get one it, day brother. and you're still driving the next day. Too big. Not to mention, that's a dope-ass handle, Skylord. I can, I fuck with that. I was I was hoping he would call back fuck in. I think that. one of the times he called in, the connection wasn't really great. Yeah, it was, it was all fucked up. It was fucked up. Yeah. And it was about that story, about the... The helicopter vanishing aircraft. Yeah, oh, so weird. I was so bummed that it all fucked up, but I'm so glad that he called back in. So I thought it was him when he called, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't 100 percent sure, so I didn't ask him right away. But then he got into it, and I'm like, "Yes, such a this is what's up. This so is what's weird, up. Bro. Such a good story. I can't believe a bunch of people rolled out for that. A bunch of dummies. I have to clip it. I have to clip it. Make some reels. Oh, it's so good. It's... So, like, the fact that everything lines up is so strange. Like, with the with the amount of time missing, the amount of fuel missing, all the gauges and everything. Yeah. It's so bizarre. I love it. I yeah, it is. It, it. So good. The, I don't know. There's only, like, three possible explanations, really. Yeah. You know, like, it's government. It's aliens or it's them fucking around time, time time well yeah that that too but you think like they went through an awful lot yeah i don't i do not believe that at all that they were yeah. fucking around and i'm, I'm going i'm going with et that's my that's my bet although the government in that case is close runner-up yeah and they're, they're they're working together anyway so it's kind of one that, exactly. those yeah kind of that's true over. that's true yeah that's true dude could you you because you hear these stories these time slip stories and there's there's ones of pilots where they i forget which was which one this is but this guy flies over this airport and he sees planes and he sees like colors on these planes that he doesn't recognize i think it was from world war ii but then like 10 or 12 years in the future, he's flying around the same airport and he notices that they've upgraded all their planes and it was the same planes that he saw when That's he flew over the airport 10 years ago. That's like fucking he was weird. Portal. Not that he had any missing time or anything, but it's just... I don't know, man. It's fucking weird. But I don't know. I think I'm gonna... 
probably shut her down because it's yeah, if we didn't late. Get, I know a lot of people wanted to call in. If we didn't get to you, save the energy. Yes, call next week. Same hollow time, same hollow channel. We'll get you. We promise. Yeah, but that we got to work in the morning and we got to get up early. So, yeah. That being said, thanks for hanging out with us. Banger show. Thanks for everybody yes. that called in. Everybody so wants good. to call in. Everybody in the chat. Awesome. Awesome night again. Um, hope everybody's week goes smoothly. We get to that weekend. We're all fighting to get there. And uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. So until next time, stay safe, stay weird. And if your airplane goes missing and then returns weeks later, probably the alien government.